G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Everyone's forced online. It could be the biggest opportunity ever. And from what I'm hearing far and wide, churches have been scrambling all over Australia to adapt to the new conditions under the coronavirus, COVID-19. Well, that means that probably more than 10,000 churches around Australia are exploring new territory in the use of technology and on a steep learning curve as to how to make that church connection into something that will be substantial and effective and will hold the attention of people who are watching. Well, our opportunity today to get some insights into how to turn your church service streaming into a great experience. Now, these are crisis times for the world, but the uptake on how to use the technology might indicate that God is using the circumstances to reach Australians in a more powerful way than ever before. Now, not just reaching Australians, but caring for Australians. Well, our special guest today... This hour is Dave Cairns, who is a specialist in the relationship between media and church practice and with a background in the practical theology of media communication. Well, Dave is a consultant to faith communities adapting in this current environment. So I suspect his email box may be full after listeners hear what we'll talk about today over this coming hour. Dave Cairns, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. It's great to be here. Dave, give us a little impression here of your understanding of the landscape right now as you think of churches. Uh, you're in Victoria. We're talking to you from Victoria today, but what's happening in your state? What's happening around the nation? Uh, what's your perception of how churches have been scrambling to adapt? Yeah, it's uh, to be honest, I think scramble is probably the right word at the moment. Uh, a lot of churches are feeling that need to what I call plug the gap. Like, we've suddenly got this massive hole in our ministry because there's all this stuff that we can no longer do. Online seems the viable alternative, and everyone's just sort of rushing to fill that gap as quickly as they can. Um, That's leading to some innovation. I think it's also leading to some... uh, How do I put this nicely? Less than good stuff. (laughs) You can be absolutely open, Dave, and uh, you can tell it like it is, and I'd be happy if you do, because I can tell you I've got a question on our Facebook post today, and uh, I know you'll be interested in the question, and and there is no right or wrong answer, I might say, but we're going to get some real-time update on how people think about online streaming from their local church, and the question asks this. Do you prefer your online church to look raw and natural or a little more professional? Now, there's a difference between slick and contrived and professional. I think uh, we all recognize that a little more professional doesn't mean slick and artificial. But 
That's the question. Do you prefer your online church to look raw and natural or a little more professional? And so through the hour, I'm going to give an update how that poll goes. So I want to invite listeners, go onto facebook.com forward slash vision radio. You'll find the 2020 post for today. Mark your, uh, you know, uh, raw and natural or more professional on the poll and uh, put a comment there. Start a conversation about how you think church ought to look. So when I present that question to you, Dave, uh, what are your thoughts about how do you think it should look? Yeah, that's a very good question. And you're right. I don't think there's one answer to that question. Um, I think one of the things I always suggest to people is to go out into the broader marketplace and see what's working. So you've obviously got like a massive YouTube community where people have been producing content like this for quite a long time. Uh, some of that is quite sleek and professional. Some of it is more raw and natural. But it's actually, to be honest, I think it's got less to do with production value, though I think production value is important and more to do with the actual content itself, the way you're engaging with people. I think, and you see this on YouTube a lot, a lot of people can be engaging with their iPhone. And a lot of things can be slick, multi-camera deals and be boring. So I think it's got less to do with the, the production value, though I do think production value is a factor, um, but more to do with the kind of content you're producing, the actual way that you're going, uh, that you're approaching what you're putting out into the world. You're raising a really important point here as we get into some uh, more depths in this discussion. But when we talk about content today, the people who are doing the creative, engaging content are not the older members of congregations perhaps not even the pastor, but it's the younger people in our congregations who are going to be engaging with and coming up with really creative content-type things. And, uh, of course, the integrity of that content might be another question we can get into, but, but here's an opportunity, Dave, for the young people in church to thrive and to flourish and to really come into their own here. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. One of the things I always say to people is, your younger people are the consumers of this content far more than perhaps your older people are. Um, I mean, hate to say it, but in a couple of days I'm going to be 40, and even I'm a, a solid YouTube user. I very rarely watch commercial television, and for a lot of younger people that would absolutely be the case. And so your younger people are going to have insights into the kind of content that works and is engaging online, um, not to say that older people won't have that insight, but your younger people are the massive consumers of that kind of content. And so one of the things I think churches should absolutely be doing um, is talking to those younger people in your congregations. Um, if you don't have younger people in your congregation, everybody's got family, everybody's got some sort of connection to that younger generation, and they're absolutely people that you should be talking with um, to get a map of what works in terms of content. Well, a major collaboration necessary here between, as you say, those young people 
who've got a feel for, an affinity for the content that is going to be reaching out to people, and yet you still need the maturity which brings some level of integrity to the message uh, so that you're not completely losing your own mission focus because you've just turned it into a an entertainment uh, feature. I guess that's going to be the balance there too. How much do you make this serious and how much do you make this entertaining or attention-catching? There's a good balance there, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, one of the first things I always point out to people on this question is um, a lot of ministries are used to the notion of church where people have come to the church to hear what's going to happen. And so to a degree for that sort of hour or however long your service is, you have a captive audience. Now, online, you don't have that. Um, the average YouTube video is watched for its first 10 seconds. Um, so you're going to be putting stuff out there where people can just drop in for a minute or two and then drop out again. So there is a need to focus on engagement and, to be honest, to a degree focus on entertainment where we perhaps haven't in the past. But you're right, there still needs to be that degree of missional focus. Um, And I don't think those things need to be mutually exclusive. I do think that something can be missional focused and within your church's theology, um, but still be entertaining. You just might need to think a little bit differently about how to do that. Um, Perhaps talk to people that you're not used to talking to about how to best package your messaging uh, in a way that's going to engage people online. You raise a really important point around attention spans. And so Mm. I know that the simplest way to stream your church might be to do some sort of Facebook Live uh, where you've got uh, one camera on a single person and you might go 40 minutes or an hour. Uh, but that's not going to capture that attention span for people who these days are used to things changing and, you know, in, in some sense, uh, flashing lights and changing focus, changing uh, all sorts of topics all the way through. So somehow or other, uh, what are your thoughts here on whether you do a live stream, say, on a Sunday? And we'll get beyond just Sundays, but a live stream on a Sunday, which is coming from uh, one camera pointed at one person, and there might be all sorts of issues there with social distancing, but one camera pointed at one person or some sort of production that's made up of various uh, various uh, encapsulated segments that might be put together for your church service. How do you think of what church ought to perhaps aspire to here, Dave? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. One of the things I'm uh, talking to people about is you actually need a degree of a multi-layered approach. I think the idea that sort of one broadcast a week or one sort of single approach is going to sort all your church's needs um, I think is a bit probably naive. And so one of the things I'm talking about is, so for example, your small groups, that's where you might utilise something like Zoom or um, uh, Skype or Facebook Live to have that direct sort of interaction. Um, and then if you're doing some sort of worship time, be it on Sunday or whenever you want to do it, um, it might be that you move away from live a little bit. Um, and I personally would recommend going towards that more segmented approach, though obviously just 
a guy talking to a camera or a, a woman talking to a camera, if they're engaging, can work. Um, but my instinct, and again, this is all instinct. Nobody's been in this situation before. These are very unique times. But my, um, my instinct is that perhaps a presentation with shorter segments may be more engaging because, number one, you are going to have people who just drop in and out. And number two, um, I think you'll hold people's attentions longer if there is that change um, happening every sort of five minutes or so. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Dave Cairns is our guest. Dave works with faith communities and helping to adapt in the current environment. Uh, He's a specialist in the relationship between media and church practice and also has got this background in what we could call a practical theology of media communication. So I do want to invite listeners to join into our conversation today on 1-800-316-316. Give us your impressions as to how you think Church Online is going. In our church, we call it uh, Living Room Church. Uh, You might call it something else. Uh, Happy to hear from you about how things are going with your church streaming, whether you're a consumer of that and you want to give your impression about what it looks like or whether you're involved in the production of that and you want to give us some ideas as to what sort of things you've been working through on the learning curve uh, to become capable in doing this. 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call before we go any further. Dennis is on the line from Brisbane. Hello, Dennis. Welcome along. Hi. How's it going? Good, Dennis. What are your thoughts for our conversation? Oh, um, just saw, um, you know, because we're obviously doing things differently now on the weekends on Sunday morning, um, there's some really good kids' worship stuff out there as well now on YouTube. Because um, usually we go, we look at like Kids Spring Ministries, which is like their, um, you know, kids' worship songs and stuff. But they've been putting out some really good um, stuff for Easter as well, where they've got like, you know, presenters bouncing stuff off each other and like, you know, some games the kids can play. Um, and, and then, you know, they've got a really effective um, message on, on Easter. Um, and then also some worship, like some modern worship music and stuff. So I think it's got actually quite high production value. So I was quite impressed. At wow. Time. Okay, well, let's get a, a thought or two here. Dave, uh, utilizing already existing online content, can you do that effectively in your church service? Are you breaching any sort of copyright or anything if you do that? Uh, look, generally speaking, it, uh, just in terms of the copyright question, um, it will depend on the person you're getting getting the material from. Um, there are certainly a lot of great research, uh, resource, resources out there and resource producers. Um, I, I would check their individual websites uh, in terms of whether it can be used as part of an online presentation. Obviously, most of these things were produced to use in a live setting. Um, and if they're not mentioning on, the web, on their website, just shoot them a quick email because I'm sure they're getting lots of questions like this. And if it's not on their website, they may need to address it. Um, but there's absolutely a lot of really good um, material out there. Um, two that I would bring specifically to people's attentions more in the adult context. One is The Bible Project, which is a YouTube channel that produces really good animation about uh, the Bible itself and how it's structured and where what the messages mean and how they're structured in the text. Really good resource. 
Another one is a guy named Dan Stevers. Now, he, Stevers, like Stephen, but an R instead of an N. Um, and he produces material that's really good for reflection, like really good for if you're having like a prayer time or reflection time. Um, he's got material, visual material can go along with that. Um, so there's a lot of different sort of resources. There's lots of kids' resources out there. Um, but you do need to make sure that you're just ticking the boxes as far as copyright is concerned. Dennis from Brisbane, thank you so much for your input. 1-800-316-316. You might have your own questions as to how the streaming might work, uh, what the best way to pursue that is, and then uh, we'll even get into the quality of the presentation. And uh, we might ask some things in just a few moments about, you know, uh, how you frame the image if you're uh, going to be speaking to uh, your church congregation. So 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Uh, you know, last night, Dave, our own, my church, uh, we had our first Zoom prayer meeting. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit, uh, you know, very unprofessional at the start. Uh, we all sort of got into the swing of it. But uh, ordinarily, while you might have a certain number turn up to your prayer meeting in church, as soon as you go to Zoom and you're online, well, the numbers double or triple. And we noticed that last night too. Everybody was all of a sudden there for a Zoom prayer meeting and it turned into a really fabulous time. This is a tremendous opportunity for prayer meetings, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's a, a really good opportunity for, as you say, prayer meetings. I think small groups as well, uh, Zoom is or um, um, Skype or other uh, video conferencing platforms are really good tools for those kind of interactive meetings where you're going to sit down and discuss a topic or you're going to sit down and pray together. Um, and that's actually, in this time of social distancing, a really good way to maintain connection with your people, um, you can have that kind of direct connection where you can see each other, you can talk to each other. Um, most most computers these days will have all of the equipment that you need built into them. Um, so, yeah, there's really good opportunities to have that kind of engagement with people. Even one-on-one, -on -one, um, you can talk directly to someone on platforms like that and really connect with them. Really would love to hear from listeners as to how the experience is going for you. 1-800-316-316. I heard one really fabulous idea yesterday where one church in Victoria is planning an online Easter camp. Now, because you can't get together for Easter camps, you can't get together for vacation get-togethers as you would in a children's or a youth ministry context, you can do some coordinating and these sorts of things can happen online. And with so many kids going to be at home, no doubt this is going to be a huge successful thing if people pick that up in a significant way. What are your thoughts for the idea of uh, of actually doing things that can go on for days and even weeks here, Dave? I, I hadn't heard about that before. I like it. I think it's a really good idea. Um, I'd, I'd be interested just for me personally because I haven't heard of it before um, the way they're going to approach that technically like I'd, I'd actually be very interested to hear uh, because that's that's actually a really good idea and I think you, you're raising a really good point that with a lot of kids out of school at the moment obviously not able to go anywhere um, a lot of them are looking for things to do and things to engage with um, and that's why it's good to think outside the Sunday model. 
you know, at the moment you do have people during the day, you do have kids to engage with at times that you don't normally have kids to engage with. So there's certainly an opportunity to uh, broaden the way that you're perhaps approaching um, engagement to beyond Sunday. But, yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that a lot. You know, ordinarily on this program, when we're talking about children and digital technology, I'm often into those sorts of conversations that talk about the addictive nature of the digital technology. And uh, here I think we're moving to a a way that even though there are all sorts of dangerous things online and that parents need to always be ultra-cautious as to how their children are engaging, this may be a time when you would actually use the digital device that can be in the hands of your children for a very, very beneficial, uh, even spiritually maturing time. Uh, I don't know whether you've got any thoughts on that type of depth of uh, of the discussion when it comes to the youth, use of digital uh, equipment here, but what are your thoughts there, Dave? Look, I, I genuinely think that the use of digital technology and engaging with online media is just how children engage these days. Like even really young children engage with iPads and with devices. And so when it comes to kids engaging with content that's not great, I would, I personally feel that that's because there's an absence of good content. So I think, I think that the church has to a real degree been absent from this marketplace. I know that there's been people who have been doing some things, um, but now there's an opportunity for the church to really engage in this space and actually put good content, to put a good word into that area um, that uh, gives kids an option to have something to engage with that isn't harmful. All right, there's been an absence of good content, and that's what our conversation is about this hour, how you can put together good content for your church's live streaming, for your youth group, for your children's ministry, for your home meetings, for your prayer meeting, uh, all of those elements of church life that don't need to all take a complete hit because of coronavirus but this is an opportunity to supercharge those opportunities by connecting with people in your local church community and overflowing way, way, way beyond. In fact, there are no bounds. Global influence when it comes to your church and the opportunity that you have to be a blessing in pastoral care and in evangelism and in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. There is an unlimited potential here if we get things right, and that's why this conversation so important early on. Let me just give give you a uh, a way that uh, our listeners have been responding to our poll 83% of people are saying they prefer the raw and natural look for their church now we might unpack this a little more uh, the question is on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash vision radio do you prefer your online church to look raw and natural or a little more professional uh, that's an interesting response about a minute out from news. But what are your thoughts here, Dave? Uh, this is what people want. Uh, they want raw and natural. I think they mean they want their pastor and those leaders to look like people of integrity. What are your thoughts? So uh, we can unpack this a little bit more after the news because it'll probably take more than a, a minute. But I think there's a real opportunity for outreach and a real opportunity to engage people that have not previously been engaged with church. Uh, in the past, 
And in order to do that, we need to recognise that we now are in a broader marketplace that has its own expectations. And I think that those expectations, again, engage with your younger people who are the consumers of this kind of material. But we need to make sure that we're not producing material that looks, I hesitate to say amateurish, but looks sort of not of the same quality um, as the average that's out there, if you know what I mean. Fantastic. We're going to continue the conversation around that point after Vision National News. Talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. There's a website where you can connect with Dave Cairns, davecairnscreative.com. Dave Cairns, as in C-A-I-R-N-S, creative.com. Back with more after news. We have a Facebook poll that's running at the moment. It asks the question, do you prefer your online church to look raw and natural or a little more professional? And I've got to say that the overwhelming response so far is that people are preferring raw and natural. Dave Cairns, when we talk raw and natural, I imagine that doesn't mean we want our pastor to look uh, goofy uh, or our church leaders to somehow or other look a little bit you know, less than authentic in the way that they are being presented. What are your thoughts here for uh, for what raw and natural might mean? Because I suspect people, when they say raw and natural, they don't mean that they want to make their church look less than less than professional or less than uh, credible. Yeah, um, I, I tend to agree. And in fact, I would flip it and say, when we talk about professional, we don't mean, um, you know, really slick with 10,000 moving cameras or anything like that. I think the number one question you've got to ask yourself on the base level is, can you be seen and can you be heard? Um, I am a member of an online faith community that tried its first live stream. They, in the past, just sort of been a Facebook group. And the material they were putting out was great, but it was very difficult to hear and it was very difficult to see. And as a result, it wasn't as engaging as I think it could have been. Um, so Let's talk about difficult to hear and difficult to see for a moment because yep. is this going to impact on the sort of quality of camera, of microphones that you might be using in church life? Uh, you may be on the need to uh, search for some good quality materials. Is this the sort of thing that you know, you've got some sort of uh, in advice for? Yeah, look, I think because I genuinely think that this is going to go on for a while, um, I do think that churches should look at investing in some equipment. Um, and there's certainly, look, I won't lie, it's not going to be super cheap, but it's not going to be as ridiculously as expensive as people perhaps think. Um, and obviously all of that's available online, so you can still get all that sort of stuff delivered. Um, but even just sort of getting a reasonably half-decent camera, which, to be honest, even your phone has decent cameras in it. It's just it's more knowing how to use it in a way that people can engage with. There's actually, if you jump onto YouTube um, and you search, I think it would be um, seven, seven Rules to Telling Your Story on Your Phone, uh, which is a resource that actually the Salvation Army put out four or five years ago. That's got some really basic notions of how to just use 
something like your phone camera to record stories in a way that still looks good and looks engaging with being low, you know, low tech. So we're not necessarily talking about big operations here. We're talking about... Um, Oh, let me put it this way. We want to remove as many barriers as possible. And not being able to see and not being able to hear are barriers. Okay, we're going to remove the barriers. We're going to increase our technology. It might cost a few dollars. It'll all be worth it in the long run because uh, I suspect that if this goes on for six months, the churches won't want to drop their online capacity here when they get back into meeting together as well. Uh, of Correct. course, uh, you know, this is the opportunity for growing this into the years to come. Let me ask you quickly, because we'll take another call or two, uh, 1-800-316-316 to engage in our conversation today. But when we talk about professionals, uh, now there's, uh, you know, you can you can keep it all in-house and you can do things with the uh, the expertise that you have within your own local church, and there's all sorts of different local churches, so some are thousands and thousands strong. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of expertise in some of those larger churches. You've got smaller churches too. Those that are small uh, gatherings that may not have the same expertise. How can any church engage the right people to make all the difference uh you know even professional people to actually help to supercharge your presentation what are your thoughts around those things dave i can tell you that there are a lot of people out there at the moment um within the christian media community and within the christian arts community who want to engage in this area um um you can contact People like the CMAA, which is the Christian Media and Arts Australia, um, they can definitely put you on the right track of media professionals. Um, and there's also several sort of Christian artist groups. And I bring up artists because when it comes to creating content, especially in restricted times where you're only going to be able to use one or two people, depending on the setup, um, people like not only musicians, but writers and actors and poets, of which there are a lot of people in the Christian community, um, they're the people who are going to help think outside the box to give that creative energy and that creative edge that I think a lot of this content might be needing. Um, and to be honest, they're probably all used to doing it on a budget, so... They can probably help you in that regard as well. Okay, let's uh, um, just uh, just to pause for a moment. Uh, the creative sure. people we all might have in mind, uh, some of those people in our church, they are creative people. They're poets, they're writers. Uh, there are people who can act. And even in our regular church services, they may not have had the sort of opportunity to bring the expression of their true gifting uh, to the fore. But all of a sudden... Doing church online creates opportunity for those people, and uh, and you're saying perhaps we need to be giving them a go. Absolutely, I think that's I think that's vital in the sort of strategy going forward. Um, and these are a lot of people who perhaps have been on the fringes of our churches for quite a while, um, but they're really their faith is really alive. They're really passionate about God, and they really do want to engage in this area. So. Um, there's certainly a lot of opportunities out there. So you've got musicians. When you when we talk about uh, engaging professional people, uh, these are people who have true gifts. 
there might be people uh, that do this sort of thing for a living too when it comes to people who are graphic artists. So, uh, you know, might be working in a secular field. Maybe they've actually been put off from their job and they've got this gifting uh, to be able to utilise that somehow. So you've got graphic artists. You mentioned uh, uh, poets. Uh, there's actors. There's writers. Uh, there's people who dance. I mean, this is uh, this is. Uh, I mean, how would you utilise? A lot of churches have people who dance. Uh, I know that in my own local church, uh, we've had a dance group. Of course, the dance group can't function uh, when you can't get together because of social distancing. But how could you use those people who can dance in your church in your online presentations? There are certainly ways to create dance videos, and a lot of those exist online. Uh, and in fact, it's a bit of a craze at the moment with TikTok. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of dance videos on TikTok. Um, so it's actually having a bit of a revival at the moment, dance here. Um, so there's definitely lots of ways you can engage. And if you have like a piece of music or perhaps a creative reading or even your Bible reading, they can create a visual um, element. Because you've got to remember that online is first and foremost, a visual medium. Um, So you've always got to be thinking, what's the visual element that we can add to this to make it engaging? Okay, let's talk opportunities to outreach here, because if you've got all of these different people in the life of your church that ordinarily are not up front, but all of a sudden they've got an opportunity to express their gifting, uh, and let's assume uh, in a humble and servant-hearted way, wanting to enhance the church, enhance the kingdom, uh, you've got opportunities to outreach into the community. But with the broader marketplace, when we're talking online, they've got their own expectations. But the elements that you might create to be a part of your online church experience, all of these can go way, way beyond your local church. Let's talk about how you might use the elements that you have as part of your online church service uh, to be used uh, in social media and to really, you know, the potential here for viral uh, content to to go out all over the world. Uh, I mean, your imagination can run wild here, Dave. What are your thoughts about the potential here? Oh, look, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, one of the things I talk about when I do consultancy is um, geography is no longer a factor. All of a sudden, everybody's ministry is global. Um, so you do have to take a bit of a global view, but that also means that there are a lot of people that you perhaps haven't been able to reach in the past that you now have access to. And I think, unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks since the... Um, since the ban started, what we've seen is a lot of um, people taking like a maintain posture. Like they wanted to, we need to get something up because we need to maintain our current community. And I absolutely understand that instinct. Um, but I think if we're going to be successful in this area, we actually need to assume an outreach approach. Um, we need to remember sort of that, that core um, evangelistic message of the salvation of sorry jumped into my life consultancy um, yes, of the church um, and um, think about how we're outreaching to people uh, in the online space because there's a lot of them there I mean I think I remember reading that somewhere YouTube has in excess of a billion users in fact it might even be higher than that I mean Facebook has over two So there's a lot of people who perhaps haven't heard the gospel in the past 
or haven't heard it in an engaging way, uh, that we now have, to a certain degree, been forced to think about because we're all being forced into this space. Well, I don't think there'll be too many listening who will disagree that somehow or other the opportunity is enlarged. But when you start to say, Dave Cairns, this is a global opportunity, I'm thinking of that little country church, say, in outback New South Wales, uh, who's gone online and they're starting to produce some online content of just how significant that might be when you have now a global opportunity. And so if you multiply that by the ten to 15,000 churches that are in Australia, everybody doing their bit, everybody uh, using their social media networks to go far beyond the borders of our nation, the mind boggles as to the opportunity. And so when we talk about a revolution that can happen in church life, this truly is uh, a, an opportunity here. And I guess if you've got to take the bull by the horns, so to speak, uh, this is your opportunity to be involved in what could be a global, uh, even revival revolution. I mean, that's exciting, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. And you actually raise a really interesting point, which I talk about. Um, you know, there's the little country church that is perhaps thinking to itself, this is too difficult and we don't know what to do. And one of the ways I think that we can engage, even if we're in the small context, is by collaboration. Um, because geography is no longer a, a factor, you can collaborate with churches that you've not had the opportunity to collaborate with in the past. Um, you know, all the churches in your area could come together and produce content together. Obviously, not physically, but in terms of strategic planning and in terms of coordination, um, you could work with other churches from your denomination in other parts of the country or other parts of the world. You can work with other denominations. So there's actually a really good opportunity to collaborate, get out of our silos, get out of our individual thinking, and really develop something that is going to have a long-lasting impact online. Let's come back to our Facebook question today. Do you prefer your online church to look raw and natural or a little more professional? Uh, let's just reframe that idea of raw and natural for a moment uh, to the word amateur. Uh, do you want your church to look amateur or do you want your church to look professional? And, of course, this issue in here of course is uh, is authenticity do you want to lose the authenticity by doing something contrived or do you want to be able to have something that is in line with what usually consumers online are used to let's come back to this word amateur for a few, few moments because i know dave that's the, the area you'd like to say churches need to aspire a little higher than amateur absolutely um as i sort of mentioned before we now find ourselves in a broader marketplace. And I think we've probably not had to, I hesitate to use the word compete, but we've probably not had to compete in that kind of marketplace in the past where people just have the option to switch to something else. Um, and in that kind of area, even our own people are going to judge us by everything that's around us. And the, the quality online, especially on YouTube, where obviously a lot of video lives, um, has been getting better over the years. And as I mentioned before, this isn't about creating a whiz-bang slick thing. It's about ensuring that somebody can be heard, 
ensuring that somebody can be seen and ensuring that they're engaging. And when it comes to authenticity, the funny thing is we talk about understanding what the marketplace is and what the expectations are. There's actually an expectation of authenticity in the broader marketplace. YouTube especially, people are looking to feel that they're connecting with the people who are producing content. Uh, it's actually a vital part of any YouTube strategy. So there's definitely actually this desire for authenticity out in the world as much as there is in the church. But when we talk about amateur versus professional, what we're talking about is, um, again, taking away those barriers, taking away those things that might put people off. Okay, taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Coral, calling us from Cooma. Hello, Coral, welcome along. Hello, can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine, Coral. What are your thoughts? Look, uh, of course I think all the conversation is excellent, but can I really say how much I appreciated the Holy Communion services on Sunday? We've had two Sundays of them, and by last Sunday, I was sort of more organised or in tune or whatever it was. And just to feel that you could pray for people um, all around Australia and some, sometimes all around the world if you wanted to and have, have um, one of the services had the prayer from that um, person whose name keeps escaping me, who was involved in a plague, you know, in the 1400s or so. And so that you could hear what someone who'd really had to work out about a plague and lived through it. And here we were, we could all be part of the same thing. And I just think that's marvellous. Coral, just lovely to hear from you. And you're referring to Vision's Sunday exploration of faith uh, with those services and uh, just reflecting on things as they are developing around the world and especially here in Australia, the way people are feeling, the anxiety, the fear and how you might approach that with the hope that we have in Christ. And Coral, uh, just thank you so much for calling in and uh, reflecting on that. And of course, uh, this is a real opportunity and I know and I suspect... I don't have uh, figures, hard and fast, uh, concrete figures to say that uh, listeners to Vision have gone up since the crisis has hit. But I suspect that is the case. And I know that the songs even sound different uh, when you're looking for some hope, when you're feeling as though you are despondent because of the challenges that are facing the nation. So, Coral, thank you so much for calling in and being part of the conversation. Just uh, what are your thoughts for Coral as she's reflecting on what can happen in a time like this? And perhaps even along the lines of how your church might be reflecting on the coronavirus pandemic and the crisis that's creating. What are your thoughts here, Dave? Um, I mean, in terms of reflecting on coronavirus, I mean, it's obviously a difficult thing to reflect on. And, you know, it raises all those questions of why do catastrophes like these happen? And that's actually a really... It's an important place to start conversations. I mean, it's one of those almost classic places that conversations start and theological exploration uh, starts those questions of uh, where is God in catastrophe? And I think there's, um, as as, um, Coral said, there's a lot of um, 
things we can glean from the past, people and writers and musicians who, who have written stuff throughout the ages, who have been having similar experiences, and we can certainly learn a lot from those people. I think the interesting thing about the Holy Communion online that Coral mentioned, um, I, I personally didn't see it, but I know people who didn't. I've heard some, some conversation about it. I think it highlights for me something that a lot of people don't know about online content is that it actually can create a communal experience. Like we've all come together to do this, even though we're alone in our living rooms or we're just with our families, we can actually have a communal experience. And I don't just mean communion, but I mean uh, an experience of coming together. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And it's actually a really important thing to do, I think, especially at this time when people are feeling a bit isolated. Okay. Thank you so much to Coral for your insight today. And uh, we are running out of time. I do want to just uh, connect people with you, Dave, because you're working with faith communities. You're uh, just look, let's take one more call. We can squeeze in one more and we'll need to be quick. But Dorothy is on the line from Wandai in Queensland. Hello, Dorothy. Welcome. Hi. Um, look, when it comes to this topic of what we're trying to understand, for me, I like the um, natural, but it's not right now for me, it's not all about the natural or the. Um, Sorry, I forgot the other words. <laughs> uh, the raw and natural, uh, or the uh, the more little little more professional, <laughs> which is not slick, but uh, but at least uh, not uh, not so amateurish. What was sorry? Keep going, Dorothy. Yes. So um, you just was um, talking about communal communion. Well, for me, that has brought so much at this time. So is that raw and natural, or is that professional? I don't know. What I do know, it's available and it's raw and natural that I am present with others. That's how I feel. And I feel that the, I'm, I'm joined with the whole community, the body of Christ, those who are doing it. And um, yes, I, I I suppose, yes, my answer would be that the raw and natural, would that, does that sound right? It does sound right because there's no right or wrong in that question. And uh, we all have this personal preference but what we're all looking for is something that is authentic we want to see real people we want to have a real experience and the way that we can have this uh, experience of communion together and communion with god that's going to be our focus thank you so much dorothy for your call uh, we do have to draw a line under uh, everything now uh, i want to i'd want to point people to dave cans uh, dave mentioned uh, the opportunity that we have to engage professional people. Maybe they're people who are already in our congregations. Uh, maybe they're people that you can access uh, all over the country, maybe even all over the world, uh, to be something that can enhance your church experience online. Uh, Dave, no doubt uh, you'll get a few uh, people who will be in contact with you, but let me give the website davecanscreative.com. Dave's based in Victoria, Dave Cairns, C-A-I-R-N-S, creative.com. Uh, Dave, you're happy to hear from 
uh, people who are listening to us today and uh, and so when they when they get in touch with you you're a consultant along these lines uh, no doubt they'll be looking for some ideas and uh, for some advice on how they move forward uh, I've got to uh, just tie things together here so DaveCansCreative.com Dave I want to appreciate you so much thanks so much for taking some time and even at short notice today uh, for being part of 2020 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.